Well, happy Easter, everyone. Today is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are living in a unique time. I don't think anyone here has probably witnessed an unfolding of events quite like what we're experiencing right now. If you would have told me at the end of last year that we would be experiencing such a wide-ranging lockdown, I don't think that I would have believed you. This is a challenging time. There is not a single one of us here who is not feeling the burden of uh, this COVID-19 virus that's making our way, it's making its way through our communities. Even if we avoid contracting the virus, we've, we've all suffered a loss or separation from the people that we've loved, the, th the things that we enjoy in the normal routines of our day. Think about your days now compared to a couple weeks ago. What I've noticed over the last few weeks is that as we are finding ourselves in a whole new world, what we are gravitating towards are our stories. Maybe you've noticed this as well. Stories to help us pass the time. Stories to help us escape reality. Stories to give us connection to other people. I would imagine that for most of us here, our, our TV or media viewing time has increased. Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, YouTube maybe have found a, a more prominent place in, in our lives. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, are, there are gathering places. And what do they all have in common? They are instruments of storytelling. Sharing our experiences through stories is one of the things that, that bonds us together. It helps us move forward and it may even give us courage or, or hope for the future. We are defined by the stories that we tell. Cities are defined by the stories and experiences that they share. Countries are defined by the stories that have shaped their history and their past. And at some point in time, COVID-19 is going to be just a, another story that we tell. Our stories may be different, but they'll have a common element in that we had experienced this together as a community. Some of the ways that we tell our stories will be centered on the people that we lost. Even as we here in the, the North Country live in an area that is more isolated, is not as highly populated as other, other areas in the country, we, we may not be spared from the pain of, of losing some of the people that we love. And going forward, this is gonna be part of our story. Some of the ways that we tell our stories will be centered on the, the loss of business or remembering a time when the office or the shop that we work at or the restaurant that we, we work at, they, they just couldn't keep us on and we went into the unknown, not sure how we would cover the bills as they kept coming in. Our stories may be centered around if we had only, it would have been smart to do this or I didn't realize that this kind of support was uh, there for me uh, in my town or community. Some of the ways that we tell our stories will be centered on feelings of, of triumph and victory over the most trying time of our lives. Some of us here are going to emerge from this more confident in the future, knowing that any battle that comes our way, we can emerge stronger. When all of this is said and done, we will be bonded together because of our experiences. The good, the bad, and the ugly will all intertwine to paint our COVID narrative. At the end of this, we will have many stories to tell. Now, one of the things that we do in, in times of trial or times that, that try us is that we try to find people who can relate to us. And there's a story about a man who knew exactly what you were going through. No, COVID-19 did, did not affect him in his day, but he understood loss. He understood loss of family, loss of friends, and ultimately the, the loss of his own life. That man's name was Jesus. From the beginning of his ministry, he knew that he was going to do something that was going to lead him down the path to a cross where, where he would ultimately meet his death. What's amazing is that this story started centuries before Jesus was even born. 
See, since the beginning of time, God has promised humanity that there would be one who would be able to put all things right for us here on this earth. Genesis, the the first book of the Bible, tells us that after humanity decided to do something that would ultimately separate them from from God, we call it sin, that God did something amazing. Instead of giving up on us, instead of leaving us as we were, God said he was going to call out a family that would provide the redemption for all mankind. He gave that promise to a man named Abraham. Maybe you've heard about him. God tells Abraham that all the people of the earth would be blessed through him. And so people began talking about the Messiah, the one who would come and make all things right. Things don't feel right right now, do they? And God tells us, I know that, and I'm prepared to do something amazing for this world that I love so much. And as the time went on, the story of the Messiah continued to be told. One of the most fascinating portions of Scripture is, is found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a, a prophet. And uh, he delivered words of of hope, he delivered words of concern, he delivered words of warning to the nation of Israel as they were wrestling with what it meant to stay faithful to God. And here is one of the things that Isaiah wrote. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we would look at him, no appearance that, that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was defi- despised and, and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. He was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate, for for he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence, and he had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will be justified by many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death, and he was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. If you study this passage of the Bible and you hold it up to the gospel stories, those are the stories about Jesus, you're going to find a story that matches in thought and detail. But the stories, they were written hundreds of years apart. What Isaiah wrote is going to be a roadmap for God's plan as it came to fruition through the life and ministry of Jesus. And when we look at the life and work of Jesus, we see a man focused on on a mission of introducing the kingdom of God in a real and life-changing way. 
One of Jesus' first statements to his community is, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven, of heaven is here because of the work I'm going to do. And he knew what he was going to do was going to change the world. He was bringing a message of hope to a world and a people who were feeling completely hopeless. The people who gravitated toward Jesus and his teachings were, were not those who, who, who thought they had it all together. Uh, they, they usually weren't the, the affluent. The people that truly saw Jesus for who he was were the ones who knew they needed hope. The ones that were suffering from sickness. The ones that were suffering from loss. The ones who felt alone. The ones that knew their sins were keeping them out of relationship with God. And through it all, Jesus consistently brought healing. He brought help and he brought hope to the people that knew they needed him. We're gathered here together on Easter Sunday to, because of the most important story in human history. Jesus knew it was coming. He had been preparing himself and his followers for what was gonna happen. After having a last meal with his disciples, Jesus did something very special. He went to a garden and he talked with God the Father. Not only did he talk, but he also questioned. Jesus knew what the cross meant. Execution by the cross was probably the most painful method of execution known to man, and it was meant for the worst of the worst. It, it meant physical pain. It meant humiliation. For Jesus, it meant carrying a burden greater than anything any human had carried before. Jesus knew the cross meant bearing the weight of all of our sins as he died for us. Sins being the things that, that we do that, that hurt God and, and hurt others. And he went, when he went to the garden, this is, this is what happened. And Luke 22 records this. He went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew uh, from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from, the, uh, from heaven appeared to him and strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. Jesus knew that when it came to unbearable tasks, unbearable situations, unbearable trials, the best, the best place to be was in the presence of God, asking God to, to help through that trial. He knew that he could bring his questions to God the Father. Did you know that you can bring your questions to God? God won't reject you. He won't tell you you're stupid. Actually, if we ask, he is pleased to, to help give us wisdom to tackle the challenges of the day. James, the little brother of Jesus, James actually writes one of the letters of the, the Bible and we find it in the New Testament. He tells us this in, in James chapter 1, verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and it will be given to him. Jesus knew this. Jesus asked the questions that he had and then Jesus shows us that we can, we can leave the results in God's hand because at the, the end of it, he says this. He says, not my will, but yours be done. And then Jesus walks to the cross. He endures betrayal by one of his friends. He endures a trial stacked against him by the religious leaders who had always planned on finding a way to get rid of him. The highest powers of the land, Pilate, the, the Roman ruler, and, and Herod, the king of the Jews, they couldn't find anything against him, and, and yet they allowed him to be condemned as a common criminal. 
Jesus was whipped. He was spit on. He was mocked and he was humiliated and he was forced to carry his own cross to the place of execution. An innocent man put to death in the most horrific way. And this is not the way great stories end. No one wants the end of the book to, to end in such a depressing way. In fact, if, if we were watching a movie and, and that's the scene that, that cut at the end of the movie, we, we'd all be screaming at the TV. What in the world is going on? What, what happens to Jesus? What happens to the people who, who, who crucified him? Where, where's the justice? How is this fair? But that isn't the end of the story. We find in, in John chapter 20, John chapter 20, the apostle John writes this, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, who, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. And at that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, it says, and, and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but did not go in. But then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. The, the wrapping that had been on the head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. But Mary stood there outside the tomb. And what was she doing? She was crying. And as she was crying, she stooped in to look at the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting there uh, where Jesus' body had been lying, and one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and, and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him, Teacher. And Jesus told her, Go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what uh, he had said to her. And what was, what was their first response at the tomb? They, they didn't believe. The, the disciples who came to the tomb, they didn't believe. I think that would have been our re first response as well. After all, what happens when, when someone dies? They, they don't get up. They don't, get, they don't walk out of a tomb. Mary didn't believe until Jesus revealed himself to her. There may be some people here who, who are experiencing doubt today. E even the best of us doubt at times. And, and John goes on to write in, in John chapter 20, 24 to 29 about one of the disciples named Thomas. It says, but Thomas, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So Excuse me. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of nails in his hands or put my finger into the mark of nails on his side, I will never believe. A week later, the disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. 
And Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Just as we can bring our questions to God, we can also bring our doubts. He welcomes it. He, he, he wants us to come and, and, and seek him out. And right before Jesus died, he said this, it is finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he meant the job is done. When, it, when Jesus said it is finished, it wasn't that all the pain and suffering would cease, but pain and death wouldn't have the final say. There is hope and his name is Jesus. When this is all said and done and COVID-19 moves into the category of stories that we tell, what story will you have to share? What will your story be? Will it be one surrounded by hope or so surrounded by despair? Will the story be one of isolation or, or one of a community that has, has moved forward together? Did we focus on hoarding for ourselves or did we look at those friends and neighbors who are in desperate need? Will our stories stop with the questions we have or will they include the confidence that God actually has this all under control? Will our stories be framed by our doubts or will they be centered on the hope that we have because Jesus paid it all at the cross? What story will you tell when all of this is said and done? May your story be centered on the hope that comes because of what Jesus did for you when he went to the cross. May your story include what it means to have hope because Jesus did not stay in the tomb, but he was raised to life and conquered the fear of suffering and death. We live because he lives. We walk confidently through daily trials maybe, uh, and maybe the unknown because he walked through them too. We are hopeful that at the end of the day, the light will shine again. This is Easter Sunday. This is Resurrection Day when all things have been made new. You may be joining us today and you've never thought about what it means to accept the gift of salvation given to us by Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you say yes to Jesus. And we want to celebrate with you. This is a day of celebration and life. There's no trick. There's no magic into inviting Jesus into your life. In fact, you can say just a simple prayer. If you would like to say this prayer today, repeat after me this prayer to God. God, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I cannot save myself from the pain of sin. I also know that I need a savior and I believe that Jesus Christ came and died for my sins and, and rose from the dead. I accept that gift and want to have eternal life with you. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is my savior and I give all of my life to you, amen. If you said that prayer, this is a day of celebration, of new life, of resurrection for you. If you still have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, go, go to our website, nhfaith.com, and go to the Tell Me About Jesus tab. We have written what it means to follow Jesus. And there's a comment form there that we'd love to hear from you and, and, and hear your story of, of how Jesus Christ is, has changed your life and is changing your life. This is Easter, Easter Sunday. This is a day of resurrection and new life. May you experience the resurrection, the new life, the hope that comes because of Jesus Christ. Have a blessed Easter day.